We are all the way to manifestations of the Holy Spirit, part 18. There's one more of these, and we are going to wrap this series up. So hopefully along the way, some answers to questions about spiritual gifts has, uh, has happened for you, and you have a better grasp. If not, don't sweat that, because we're going to take a look at some aspects of who we are as human beings, who we are as believers in Christ, and then put those pieces all together in a way that hopefully will fill in some gaps on this idea of spiritual gifts. So we're going to look at shape. So this is so that you have uh, an idea of how this works. And shape stands for the spiritual gifts and heart abilities, personality, and experience. We're going to put all of those things together. And with those elements, you'll, you'll have a different way of, of looking at who you are and also where the spiritual gifts fit in, in this for, for you. you. If you've been at a place where you're thinking, well, I, I, I'm told I have a spiritual gift, and maybe you came into this not knowing that even existed, so now you know that it exists, but what do you do? Where does it go in? Uh, how, how do you live with that? Where does that fit in your day-to-day life? How do you function? What, what are the expectations? What is God thinking? How, how, do you f- how does he feel about you? All of that. So spiritual gifts are supernatural. We'll start with that. Super, supernatural means not natural, right? This is something different. Just, just so we get that, we really got to get this part. They are supernatural. They're manifestations of the Holy Spirit in a unique way for service to the body of Christ. It's about us having something that we can share with others that is given by God for his purposes to accomplish in this world. And it's, uh, it's happening in this world, but it not only applies to this world, it is uh, part of the battle gear that we get to deal with the spiritual beings who are opposed to God. Those evil beings who from the beginning have tried to tear down what God is doing, and they really are angry about what he is doing with human beings. They didn't like that. You pick all that up in Genesis chapter 3. We've covered a bunch of that over these 17 uh, lessons, 18 now, to kind of fill this all in. So if you miss something, there's a whole lot you can go back and check out. But we're looking at supernatural abilities given to us by God, to help one another, also to manifest that God is, is real and doing some remarkable work in this world so that those spiritual beings who are watching us can say, God really loves them. God really cares about them. God is in giving them these abilities, showing them things that are just beyond what... We just hate this. We just hate what he's doing. So... He's magnifying himself by, by giving us these gifts. That's, that's a big part of this. Supernatural gifts empowered by God. These are not things that we're going to uh, 
generate on our own, which is why we're going to go into this, this part of it, the shape, heart, heart, an internal drive for what you like to do, an internal drive for what you like to do, and everyone has this somewhere in them, it's what you like to do every day, do you like Butter on your toast on the top or the bottom? Well, that's really not a thing. What is it that drives you? And here's, here's a big issue going into this. You're going to love this part. According to Jeremiah 17.9, the heart is deceitful. It is twisted. It is broken because that's who we are. We are broken beings that God is t- attempting to redeem and take us to another place so we can fulfill what we were designed to be in the first place. So here's this brokenness, and inside of us is this thing that says, well, I like, I like coffee or I like tea in the morning. I don't want it either one, I just want water. I, I like sodas in the morning. All right? all the, just think of all the things you just like. And then you come with, up with, well, I like to be angry, I like to be angry with people in my family. I like to be angry with people on the road when I'm driving. Nobody at work treats me right. I'm angry at the government, everybody's government. I'm just angry, and I have a right to be. I have a desire to look good. I want everyone to applaud me. I I need to be elevated, and I need to hear that from everyone. And if they don't give it to me, I have a right to let them know. Those are desires. And we desire to, to win. We desire to be on top. We desire to all those. And then there's you know, more neutral. We're caring about other people. And I, you know, I want to look out for my community. And I want to. So there's some desires that are mixed in there. But some of these are bent with motivations that are less than desirable. And some of them are just good-hearted people looking out for each other, which is that's, that's an awesome thing. We, we need more, more of that. But this internal drive is built into us. So what we like, what we are drawn to, what we seek out, and some of it can be hobbies, jobs, even when people are asking questions about some of these things. That when, you're, when you're growing up, you get a bunch of those kind of questions. If you're in high school, they give you tests to figure out where you best fit and... Some of those are really goofy because you're answering this for yourself and you don't know yourself that well. So some of these things will tell you that I, one of, I remember one of mine was I needed to be a barber or an, uh, a dinosaur artist. I don't even paleontographic. I don't remember. It was two, two things I thought. Those don't even fit together unless dinosaurs need haircuts. I, maybe that was it. But... I thought, these are just weird. How, do you, how would you come up with something like that? But we have tests for that. So I'm telling you about the heart because there's this twisted part. And we are, according to Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, we're, not, we're supposed to trust in the Lord with all our heart. All our heart. Not lean on our, our own understanding. In all of our ways, we are to acknowledge Him, and then He's going to give us direction. The heart of the human typically goes, eh, I'll check with him if I get in trouble. 
if things go badly, I'll ask the Lord for help. If things really turn upside down, I'll, I'll take some time to pray. And maybe I'll ask other people for prayer. Other than that, I'm pretty much running this thing, which is in total opposition to what I just said. Do not trust or trust in the Lord with all your heart, not your own understanding. What's our heart? What's the thing that's driving us to do the things that we do? So back to spiritual gifts, because we're talking about manifestations of the Holy Spirit. How does this work? Well, we've got this bent part in us, and then we are told often when we're trying to determine, this is within the church, when we're trying to determine what our spiritual gifts are, you, will, you can get an inventory. You can do this online, and it will say spiritual gifts, test, or inventory, or some kind of thing, name like that. You fill it out. It basically will give you a question with four little responses that you can, or five that you can make. You pick one, and at the end, you add those all up, and it will tell you what your gifts are, your strongest one and your next one. and What that is determining are the things you like. And you are self-answering this thing. So if you like chocolate, and they ask a lot of questions that talk about vanilla and strawberry and then chocolate, which are you going to pick all the way through the test? All 150 questions. Chocolate, chocolate, fudge, chocolate, milk chocolate, dark chocolate. And by the end of it, they go, you like chocolate. That must be your gift. That's your heart. It just reflected. You just, you just told us what your spiritual gift is. Now you know where you fit into God's plan for you in the church. And I'm here to tell you that doesn't work. Not at all. That's not it. The heart is twisted. So the God of heaven decided to send Jesus to redeem us. And he tells us that he has come to remove the cold stone heart and to replace our heart with a new one to redeem us, to move us in an entirely different direction so that our hearts are going to come in alignment with his. He is going to be in tune with his creation, with the angelic hosts, with where humanity needs to be going. There have been an outrageous number of people uh, just slaughtered recently, just just. You just turn on the news and you just see it. Slaughtered in Ukraine, slaughtered in a mall, slaughtered in a local grocery store, just people killing people. It's a heart. They desire to kill somebody. Where does that kind of stuff come from? And, and does anybody support that? Well, some people do because they see it on the news and then they go do it too. What's the response typically, though? You go, no, that's not right. Inside of us, we're going, that is just not right. It's not good for society. It's not good for anyone. That's a great desire. So God comes along and puts even more in us. So now we're seeking justice. We want it with truth. We want to do that because God has broken loose into us, plants the Holy Spirit into us, according to Romans 5. Now his love is in us, and then it bursts, it explodes, it just goes through us so that the love of God is not only in us, it's going to come out of us 
our desires, the way we see justice, the way we see what really needs to happen in society, how people ought to treat one another. And slaughtering people is not like something we ought to do. We need to move in another direction. And by the way, it's not the weapons themselves that cause people to get killed. It's the evil behind the people operating machinery of whatever kind it is, whether it's Russian or local. It's hearts that are bent. So we as humans need to get rid of that. Jesus came to make a difference. He gives us a new heart. Now we are new beings. We are new creation in Christ. 2 Corinthians 5.17, we are made new in him. Now we begin to live a different way. We have a different heart. We have a different passion, a different interest. And so heart, we develop a passion to help others. So a passion to help others is reaching out. We go beyond ourselves. The love that God is implanting in us begins to come out. Instead of taking, we want to give. We want to help. We want to defend. We want to guard. We want to make things better. So then we have a vision for what you desire to see changed. That comes to be part of that heart as God is operating in us. The heart is also God-given. It's a manifestation of the Holy Spirit. It is not the spiritual gift. Spiritual gifts are supernatural. They're coming in. Not that this isn't supernatural because God is doing a remarkable work. But it's not the, it's not the spiritual gift. But it is his work in us to do a remarkable thing and to change us totally. Well, the whole song, Amazing Grace, is based on this. Here's a slaver who comes to Christ and realizes how horrible that whole deal that he was part of really was. And he is repenting, and then he is amazed that God could accept him for the horrible life that he's lived. So the song is a reflection of that change of heart, that God has come into someone and changed them, their perspective, their way of living. Everything changes. And that's what we need, a change of heart. And so that the heart is part of it. It's God-given. God put it in us. He, he, he wants us to enjoy the best we can have so we can connect with others, connect with him. Abilities is the next one. You were born with inherited abilities appointed by God. Again, God's involved in this. We get this DNA coming. God is offering us things. He, he's breaking this into us, bringing this, making this alive. So that's coming down the pike from whoever is ahead of us, grandparents, great-grandparents, you know, through our parents to us. And we're going to pick up some of these abilities. And some of those abilities are, again, because of twisted humanity, some of those are going to be good, some of those are going to be bad. If, if there's a tendency for uh, addictions, often that gets carried on to the next generation. So you've got, you know, got to break the chain. It's just kind of one of those things we talk about. So those abilities are there, but there's also the abilities to craft, to be artistic, to be a creative, to to work hard, to, to all of those kind of things are going to be part of the abilities. And God is at work wanting to use us and transform us and use those to the best of our ability. Uh, just as you were not fully grown at birth, abilities are not always fully realized until learned, practiced, and used. So not every sixth grader 
that is on America's Got Talent or British has got, Britain's Got Talent, and you see those guys, and they come out there, and then they sing some opera song, and you're going, how does a little kid do that? And they just blow it away. Well, not everybody has that ability at that age. It, most of these people have to wait and practice, and even though it was built into them, it still had, it took time to get there. Some get it right away. But those abilities exist. Your abilities, your abilities, inabilities, and disabilities help you understand your makeup. So whatever it is that you've been given, because you've, you've inherited things, you've, you're picking up things from the people beyond you, and some of that is, is amazing. So if you have this heart this desire to play professional basketball, but you are only four foot nine. The reality is you're not going to play professional basketball. So what does that tell you? You need another line of work. You might watch basketball, but you're not going to play professional level basketball. Nothing. That's a whale. Okay. Abilities. We need some of those. And disabilities. And abilities. Oh my gosh. That's the reality. Stop moving that. So we've got a variety of things that have happened to us just being born that are going to tell us a whole lot about where we fit where we fit in life, where we fit in the community, where we fit in the church, just by the abilities that we have as we come into this. And typically, we're angry about disabilities, if you, you, know, you have any, and, and you go, well, how come that person can sing so well and I can't? Well, why can that people, those people you know, make tons of money, they just have a business sense, and I have no idea, and just you know, all the things you come up with. Because God designed you to be you. And he's designed you to be you for a reason. Because that's where you're going to fit. He has a place for you. Now, we, we come at this with our bentness, and then we're angry and we're bitter and we 
accuse God and, you know, why can't I be that person and why am I not? We go, just be you. And if you quit bothering with all the other, you would discover more about who you are. And there is an evil force who would like to drag you down, divide you from others, and keep you always angry about what you don't have, what your inability or your disability is, instead of focusing on your abilities that God has given you so that you can shine. And it, wow. And you think, well, I don't have any abilities. Those are the super humble people. Quit it. Every person, this is the experts. I don't know who those are. There must be three or four of them at least. And they have determined that just basically in this country, we have, on average, 700 abilities. Just starting out. You go, well, that, that can't be because, you know, I, I just, unless we think highly of ourselves and we think, well, yeah, I got at least that. But then if we consider, you know, I, I don't know, you know, everybody else is, can do stuff. I can't do anything. Have you ever dealt with anybody who, who is working with people in occupational therapy? Because I've, I've run into them more recently. And they have to teach people. I just did this with my dad because he lost abilities. His brain stopped telling him how to do stuff. If you can put on your own clothing, you have ability. If you can operate a toothbrush and you know what it's for, you have ability. If you can take care of your own food and feed yourself, you have ability. Now let's go again. How much ability are you lacking? I ain't got none. I'm just so humble. Bull. What is it in us that takes us to that place? When God has given us ability, and sometimes he gives us ability so that we can help those who are unable or disabled. That's part of our ability. Do we get angry at God? Because, no, there's a purpose for them. There's a purpose for everyone. And the abilities, inabilities, and disabilities all fit into that. But we don't get there if we're operating from a twisted view. And we got to understand who we are, what God is doing in us, and what he wants to bring out of us, and we need to find what that is. The more our hearts are going with him, not trusting in our own understanding, but leaning on him, listening to him, he's going to guide us in the direction we need to go, including the abilities. Exceptional natural abilities, natural gifts, are God-given and should be used to honor God and accomplish his purposes. So if we've got really good gifts that are just awesome, use them. So now we go to the church. So let's see, what would be a natural thing for the church? If you've ever watched a, uh, maybe a t- maybe you've been in some, some huge monster churches. And we, we, Cass and I have been in those participated in them maybe you've been at some of those too there are people with amazing ability in music and and they lead choirs or they're just arranging the music in such a way that it's just it's just beautiful how they can do that and they move the audiences and there'll be tens of thousands of people gathered there week after week and then you you've got 
people who speak, who have the ability to gather. Here's the confusion. We will say, we do this in the church, pastors do this to each other, denominations do this, and they'll say, well, that is a spiritual gift. No, that is a natural gift to speak, to gather. Uh, Francis Chan, who is a well-known Christian author, speaker, church leader, he, he put out a book called The Forgotten God, talking about the Holy Spirit, and he talks about himself. He comes out of seminary out in California, gets out of seminary, goes to Simi Valley, starts a church, it's in the same group as we are, the Evangelical Free Church of America. He, he goes over there and does this thing, and it becomes a mega church. I mean, just almost right out of the gate. How do you do that? Spiritual gift. No. And he says, it doesn't matter if I'm doing church or selling insurance. I can get a big crowd because it is a natural ability, God-given, blessed it's a great thing to have but a spiritual gift is not a natural ability and that gets confused so if you've said well you know this is how you evaluate what god is doing and you're doing it based on natural abilities that people exhibit uh not that he won't use that but that doesn't mean that that's necessarily God behind it and often sadly it isn't uh, you can pick up more of that from experiencing God the Blackaby book that's out there but we've got a mixture of things going on in every human and God is at work using these things so the heart these abilities the aptitude but these ex- exceptional natural abilities natural gifts are God-given and should be used to honor God and accomplish his purpose. So whatever these really amazing gifts we may have, we still use them to honor him. We do that in the church. We do it in the community. We do it in our families. We just share those realities with the people around us, live our lives fully for him so that everything we do honors the Lord. Personality is the next one. So heart, abilities, now personality. The mixture of attitudes, motivations, and behaviors that gives life and light to your interactions. That is in you. You can see it in babies. It doesn't take very long with the little ones before you see this incredible personality start coming out of a kid. And some of them are just delightful and smiling. Other ones are going, no, get away from me. And you pick, you get either one of them either way. And you go, yep. So there's a personality. The personality begins to grow and develop, and, and what is around them is going to make a difference in that. But it's us, and it, it, you, you can say that about people, that somebody enters a room, and, and every eye turns their direction, and they light up the room. Somebody else can w- walk in the room, and it goes dark, and they suck the light out of the room. Those are the joy suckers. Well, we got those, and sometimes, depending on how our day is going, we can be either one of those. But personality is going to be the ongoing reality of that being exhibited. So personality, 
is a mixture of attitudes and motivations of things that drive us and how we behave and interact with others. The personal ingredients that project you to those around you. And a bunch of that's going to be, again, what you've inherited, but also you've added on to that and you develop uh, as you go through the years. Uh, it's a collection of characteristics inherited or learned which energize or identify you. And your personality is going to be a little different. You'll sometimes see similarities in people and go, well, he's like Uncle Frank or Aunt May. And you go, because there's personality similarities. And then sometimes you just wish they'd be more like Uncle Frank or Aunt May. Just, there's, all, there's all the different varieties of personality, but God is, has, with his infinite creativity, designed us and using all of these elements to make us who he wants us to be. Then there's experience at the end of shape, experience, and that's the exposure to life. As long as we're alive, we're going to get experience. And so that's the ongoing reality. What we do with that is huge. It is huge. Do we learn from experience? That would be an awesome thing. Do we learn from experience? Do we learn from practicing? If you're going to play the piano, you learn the basics, and then you repeat it over and over again, and that experience teaches you to read music, to play music, to, to uh, maybe compose. You just put all those things together, but that's true for all of life. Brushing our teeth, even those abilities, those simple things that we do. All of it. We have experiences. And your experience, good and bad, impacts you. All of it. God never wastes a hurt. So he will use the bad to inform us, to crush us, to redirect us, to make us more compassionate. He will shape us. Kind of get the idea of shape now, don't you? He's going to use that. And there's some crusty stuff on the outside, even though we think we're lovely. God's looking at us and going, you know, there's some stuff here. I need to, I need to kind of get that off. And I'm going to break out the, well, sometimes it's a file, and sometimes it's a saw, and, or a sawzall. Or some, he's, he's just going to get to it and get rid of that. And that experience is part of what we need to go through. And sometimes, you know, you, you apply for a job and you get turned down for 25 of them. And you're going, what is going on, God? You hate me. He's going, no, I'm trying to teach you to not lean on your own understanding and to trust me. But these are hard times. You don't understand how this is so hard. Yep. And I'm trying to get you ready for something that's even going to be harder. So how do you get ready for something that's going to be harder? And you don't know when it's coming, because one of the benefits of living in this planet and limited knowledge, we don't know. So next week, next hour, something could happen. How are we going to be ready for that? God's going to give us opportunities. He's going to give us opportunities to experience so we can be getting stronger, better, more in tune, shaped for his purposes. God's desire is to use you and your experience to accomplish his purposes in and through you. He's still at work. The Holy Spirit's at work. He wants to work in, in our situations 
any of the conditions we might face. He wants to work in that, in us, and help, help us to know more about him and then how we can impact those in the church and those around us. God's desire is to use you and your experience to accomplish his purposes in and through you. If you want more information on those things, the devotionals this week will go through and provide more info and more references, scriptural references for you to check out. So shape. Spiritual gifts, heart, abilities, personality, and experiences. And you put all those things together and you go, God's at work. It's a manifestation of the Holy Spirit. He's doing amazing things. But my personality is not my spiritual gift. My heart, my desires are not my spiritual gift. My, my abilities, God-given talents, not my spiritual gift. That's a different thing. Fits in here. But it's different. Spiritual gifts for the need of the hour. Spiritual gifts for the need of the hour. Given the situation in the church or the issues in the cosmic realm, the Spirit will activate supernatural gifts in His people for God's purposes. So you probably picked up the idea that God is kind of working this to accomplish His His dream, His purpose, His goals, not ours. What's really cool is, according to Psalm 37, if, if we delight ourselves in the Lord, he will give us the desires of our heart. That doesn't mean, oh, when I'm twisted and selfish, he's going to give me the desires of my heart. No. When we get it right and we're walking with him, our desires change and they align with his. And he's going to give us those special ones because there's, we're unique. And he's going to bring those desires of our heart into fruition. That's pretty exciting. So given the situation in the church or the issues in the cosmic realm, the Spirit will activate supernatural gifts in his people for God's purposes. The situation in the church changes. When the scriptures were written, that was 2,000 years ago. Did you know the church has changed since then? It was written to people in Israel under political power of Rome. They spoke different languages than you do. They wore robes and togas. Y'all aren't doing that. Why would God do exactly the same thing he did with them in this situation? He's dealing with a different time, circumstances. He's dealing with issues that uh, are the same in humanity, have been since the beginning. There's some of that that's, that continues, the whole murderous thing we talked about earlier. That's still going on. But there are changes, and he is aware of where we are and when we exist, and he chose us to live in this time, not 2,000 years ago, but in this time. And he wants to use his uh, gifts. He's given us all these other things we just talked about, but he also wants the, to release sp- supernatural gifts to accomplish his purpose, and he's going to do that where the need is, where he needs to bring in something for a group of people or for a wider 
uh, swath in the church, something different maybe in Africa than in Asia, something different here in North America. So he's going to bring in gifts that are appropriate to the people, to the times, for his glory and honor. And don't miss the issues in the cosmic realm. Because there are things happen in the heavenlies, the heavenlies being that area that, that you can't see, the unseen realm. And those evil spirits who have not died, those old gods that were worshipped in the pantheons of days gone by, are still out there. They don't die. They keep existing until Jesus comes back and puts them away. And that's coming. It just hasn't happened yet. So he's coming. But in the meantime, he is proving to them that he is God, the Most High, that they are not. And he is showing them through us what he desires to do. Ephesians 3.10 will let you know about that. That's what he's trying to show them. So we may not know. How come I got cancer? How come I had a car wreck? Why, why is it so frustrating with you know, Billy Bob? And, why, and, and God, you don't answer my prayer. It's been 25 years. And you don't see what's happening in the heavenlies, the unseen realm. And you don't ask. The only thing, just let me know, this is how it works for you. I'm concerned about my pain and those around me. So God, fix it. And if you don't fix it, I'm just going to be angry at you because you failed. Or you're not God at all because you didn't fix it. God's in heaven. Going there are other beings who are trying to take you out. You and your family your community, your country, your church, and I am trying to work in such a way that I can redeem and save all of them. And here you are, belly aching. Every time something doesn't go exactly how you think it ought to go and that you should be in charge of the heavens. Wow. And he's at work. And he says, I've got supernatural powers, unlimited, supernatural powers. Jesus says, I have all authority in heaven and earth. And I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit so he can give you these so that you can do this work. He's not toying around with, oh, I, th- I think I can play the banjo. I think he gave me a supernatural spiritual gift to play in the banjo. No, he didn't. He may give you a supernatural gift to heal, to see past someone's lies where they're trapped in their, in their own souls so that you can help set them free and they can really live life fully. He may give you that kind of gift. He may give you the kind of gift that's going to actually bring people together who are so broken, so separated, they can't find a way. There's no bridge. And he gives somebody a supernatural gift. Maybe they need to hear it in their own language. So he gives a language. The ability to speak a language you don't even know. Or the words to speak at a particular time to someone that you don't even know why they would need to hear such a thing. And you, for some reason, speak it. And they come back to you in 10 years and go, man, that changed my life. I turned to, to the Lord Jesus Christ because of that. Because God is coming in such a powerful way. Or it may be miraculous. He may want to do miracles. He may want to reveal himself in ways 
so we can see the unseen. He may want to do that. It's his choice. Appropriate time in his church for our good, for his glory, and it's not just us. He's showing them. He's also proven it to his angels who are applauding every time we get it right, by the way. They jump up and down. They have a party. It, it just, it, yeah, it's pretty cool. So we can limit spiritual gifts, limiting spiritual gifts by unbelief. We may have heard of it, but we don't, I don't think so. So we turn it off. And, you know, you, you may have had opportunity through the years where God, the Holy Spirit, was releasing spiritual gifts in and through you. And he said, no, no. So there's unbelief. I just don't believe in that kind of thing. So you, you have the power to turn it on or off. You, you, got, you got the light switch. And that's because God's going to trust you with this. He wants you to say yes. If you don't say yes, that's where he goes. Limiting spiritual gifts. Unbelief, unwillingness, don't want to. That might be weird. That might be taken wrong. People will think, you know, I'm just bizarre and I can't be bizarre because, you know, I need to be liked. Because that's the most important thing in all the world. Unbelief, unwillingness, unfaithfulness. Just not obeying what God has said. You know, I'm not going to trust in the Lord with all my heart. I'm going to lean on my own understanding. I'm going to do it my way. Activating spiritual gifts would kind of be the opposite. We're believing. We believe him. We trust him. We go his way. Willing to go his way. Believing, willing, faithful. Those who love me, Jesus says, obey my commandments. They do what I've told them. Yeah, he says such horrible things like, here's a new commandment, love each other, even as I've loved you. Go do that. Well, I can't believe he asked me to do that. That is so outrageous. I've got to obey that? Yeah, I was being facetious, by the way. No, it's for our good, and he's offered that to us, that we can experience these things by walking with him, And the supernatural gifts will come through at the appropriate time. And again, he may have been using them or or showing them to you over the years, and maybe you said no. But now after this, maybe you'll say yes, and he can turn more of it loose, which would just be awesome to have more and more and more of what he is doing in and through us. For the whole shape for each of us, all of it, but spiritual gifts too, not limiting those, not leaving those out of this mix but they are supernatural they're not part of the natural process we don't inherit them so we need to look at them as something that's that god is going to do that's so unique so amazing that it will just blow us away when when he's using them or when he releases them and you go "I, i still don't know where my spiritual gift is that's okay i just hope Right now, you realize it's not your personality, it's not your aptitudes, it's not your what you've talent your talent is. If you can just get that out of your thinking, then you got a, a fresh start. And with that, 
Watch for the supernatural. Then watch for him to show up. Then see what God does. Because it will come from a different, different place altogether. And it will be surprising and fulfilling. And it will not leave you unrattled. So if you're going, it's just my talent. I'm a great speaker. I can gather a crowd. Good. But that ain't no spiritual gift. We need it. Not putting down any of these. But it is certainly not the spiritual gift. Well, you know, I've got, I'm disabled and I don't, you know, Moses, when God called him, he said, you know, I can't even speak. God said, I, I doesn't slow me down. I'm calling you. Huh. How about mighty man of valor? Man, we're calling people up. God, God is calling people up who are hiding, who are, uh, think it's impossible. Mary's just a young teenager. You want me to do what? Not even be married? And have the Son of God. Well, all right. Where does any of that stop us? Disabilities, inabilities. God has called us to something greater. And on top of all of it, he throws in spiritual gifts. We're going to talk about them later. We'll do some question and answer time. So if you've got questions, we'll do that as well. But that's shape, spiritual gifts, heart, abilities, personality, and experiences. Let's pray. Father, thank you for, for shaping us, for loving us, for giving us a place. A place among humans, a place in your world, a place in the body of Christ. What an amazing thing you've done. Thank you for the unique way you have made each person with everything you've put into them. We do look forward to uh, seeing the spiritual gifts, since that's been our theme, to see those arise in ways that we won't miss them. And uh, we look for excitedly for how that's going to play out. Uh, to your honor and glory, Lord, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.